Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. It's a very difficult uh, story. Um, it's a, you know, things that no one talked about. And it was, it was very difficult. You, you, you realized that you had an uncle and you had a, or a great, great uncle. You had, you had great grandparents and, and these people just never existed in our lives. And then suddenly you discover that, that they existed and, in such a real and vivid way, you know, you, you see the handwriting and you see the, the paper and, and the dates, and you realize that there's a whole story there that uh, that was buried. You know. Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Today's guest made a discovery about his family a decade ago that started a journey to educate others about the realities of the Holocaust. We'll hear what that discovery was and the lessons he's learned about his own family and what he's teaching others. Ten years ago, Daniel Schwab made a discovery about his family that took him back in time. Now he's working to ensure history does not repeat itself. We'll hear about that discovery in a bit. But Daniel, you live in Israel now. What led you there? Um, so I was born and raised in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Um, my parents were born in South Africa and, uh, and, uh, grew up as a, uh, privileged, in the privileged white community, uh, in, in, in particular in the Jewish white community. Um, and briefly, uh, you know, just keep it very short, I, uh, moved to Israel, um, when I was around 20 years old, um, it's already 25 years ago, so I'm, ra- I'm now 45, uh, 40, sorry, I'll be 44 uh, in September, <laughs> um, and um, um, you know, married with uh, seven children, my eldest is 20, my youngest is six, I have, uh, my eldest is a boy and I have six girls. Oh, wow. <laughs> you and the boy are outnumbered uh-huh. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we could go on forever. We, I could talk for ages about each child, but I'll, I'll keep it brief. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I'm a, 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 for the last 20 years or so, I've been in various businesses. Uh, some of the initially I was employed, and for the last 15 years I've been an entrepreneur. And... Uh, Owned and sold businesses, and provided consulting work, and and, and uh, now I have a, a startup company uh, that I'm building. It's all most of the work that I've done is in the renewable energy uh, field. So uh, cool. I've been very dedicated to renewable energy for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, I've had, had good times. I've had difficult times, but uh, always positive. And it's been it's the last uh, couple of months have been very busy for us as well. So uh, this is a very much a voluntary uh, activity that I do on the topic of Holocaust. Um, uh, I discovered my gr- grandfather's uh, letter collection on a trip back to South Africa. Um, I was doing business in South Africa at the time. And uh, always being aware of the um, sort of in the background, having never met my grandfather. He died, he was killed by in a car accident, uh, hit and run before I was born. Uh, so I was born in 75, he was killed in 1970. So um, the only sort of connection I had to my grandfather was 
this uh, family tree that hung on, in my parents' uh, house, and uh, this letter collection which stayed uh, wrapped up and closed for 40 years since he died. So, and no one did, ever opened it. How did you find them then? Did everybody know they were there and everybody just decide not to open them? Or did you stumble across them randomly one day? Yeah, well, I mean, it was not maybe not everyone, but definitely my father knew about it. And I knew about it. And at least one of my sisters knew about it. And yeah, no one just, no one opened it. It was kind of sacred. It was kind mm-hmm. of like... Like I, I don't know, maybe it had a spell on it. Like it's, I, I don't understand it. Why we never opened it for forty years? Yeah. What made you guys decide to open them up? I I just I just um, there was one of these. Like I was helping my mother um, uh, clean up the garage. Right. That's where you know in South Africa you had garages where you kept all the stuff you never used. So we were cleaning up, and 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 uh, it was a Sunday, which was more relaxed. There was time to do things that you don't normally do, and uh, I just looked at it and I said, I said, come on, like, like I've been pushing this thing. I've like, always said I must look at this. I must look at it. And eventually, I said, like, there's no reason why I'm not going to open it now. Like, I've got the time, right? I, you know, I'm old enough to. Not be afraid of what's inside there. <laughs> perhaps when I was a kid, we were all perhaps too afraid. Um, and I, I just said, "That's it." You know, I'm, I've got to find out what's the, curi- the curiosity in me. Just said, "I've got to open it up." <laughs> That's simple. And what was what did you discover when you did open it up? Then. Oh boy. <laughs> um, oh, the emotions. It's so funny. It's so weird. <laughs> It's like you take me back to that moment. Hmm. It was a pretty powerful moment by the sounds of things then. What made it, uh, what makes it such an emotional thing for you when you started reading those? What did you see? I was basically transported back in time um, to, to a very difficult uh, story. Um, it's, uh, you know, things that no one talked about. And it was, it was very difficult. You, you you realized that you had an uncle and you had a or a great great uncle and you had you had great grandparents and and these people just never existed in our lives. And then suddenly you discover that that they existed and in such a real and vivid way. You know, you you see the handwriting and you see the the paper and, and the dates and you realize that there's a whole story there that uh, that was buried you know your family lost 12 members to the holocaust i believe um yeah that's that was the, the ones that we have their names you know we have their names uh, yeah mm-hmm. and your your grandfather survived the holocaust though yeah yeah he did he um <clears throat> he uh he left when when he was 21, uh, very early actually in 1934. So so he didn't actually, you know, go through the death camps or anything like that. Um, but he uh, he uh, he went through a lot of uh, uh, you know mental mental pain, <clears throat> trying to get his parents and his brother. His, he had a little brother who was 10 years younger than him. Who was uh, eventually was taken to 
uh, death camps and uh, and you know he he, he in, in the letters you 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 get this uh, dialogue between him and his his father uh, about you know what's going on in, in in Germany leading up to the war and you know uh, uh, all the things that they did to the family they took away their possessions they took away their livelihood they uh, confiscated uh, everything and until you know their 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 the basic humanity was was almost you know stripped away from them and uh, and uh, and then 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 after the war my grandfather discovered what happened to them in more detail and you know from neighbors and, and friends you know family friends who were not Jewish who witnessed what went on um, so yeah I mean my grandfather's kind of in this weird category of people who who are not really the classic survivor who mm. never actually went to the camps yeah and yet and yet they you know, they had to deal with all of this uh, alone. You know, they had to they had to carry on living. They had to you know kind of stay, keep their wits about them, and and survive despite uh, being ripped of every of of their whole family. So, so had your grandfather told you, um, like his grandchildren or maybe your parents and and um, your aunts and uncles, had they, had they talked about the stories, or it wasn't really until you found the letters all this really came to life? No, no, my dad, my dad was you know brought up uh, uh, without any knowledge of what happened. Wow, I mean, it was kind of like okay, you know, you, you know. It was kind of no. It was just never spoken about. I mean, mm. my grandfather changed his name from Rudolf to Ralph. And he he spoke perfect English. He he kind of wiped away the German as much as possible, and uh, yeah, he didn't talk about it at all. And he was very strict, and he was very he was a you know he was a very tough guy. Um, and and uh, he 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 sent my dad to. A Roman Catholic boarding school at the age of nine years old. So, oh, really? You know, my, yeah. <clears throat> so it stopped at so, it stopped at your grandfather then. Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, my dad knew knew nothing. So when we discovered the letters, he 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 learned about his father through the letters, like wow. like the emotion that that he his father expressed in the letters was something new to him. It wasn't the same person. Was a different person. Hmm. So you found these letters, and you've now started something called the Hol- Holocaust Social Media uh, Project. Tell us about this project, what it is, and what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess it's the easiest thing for me to do while still having a family and, and work. Um, I, I, you know, whenever I've got some spare time, which sometimes is zero, but when I do, and I've, when I've got the mental strength to do it, I. Uh, you know, I try and uh, you know go and speak to groups. Um, I advertise, uh, um, you know, stories about the Holocaust and and, and people's personal ex- experiences, and um, also especially you know try and t- uh, put a, a focus on the issue of you know uh, what the current generation should be doing. You know, the younger generation. I try and focus on the to- those topics. Um, and and uh, you know we've we've put together a book. So a, a book was commissioned based on the letters, uh, an exhibition also that was 
started in Cape Town in the South African Jewish Museum, and now uh, it's show, been shown in Sydney, Australia, in, in Israel, um, Joburg, Cape, uh, Cape Town, Joburg, Durban. Uh, now in, in, in Germany, it, it, uh, it was shown. Also, it has a, a documentary. It has like a 15-minute uh, movie that comes with it. Um, and so, and I, you know, whenever I've got time, I'm trying to get that into that that uh, that uh, documentation and the story into the schools and uh, you know various social groups to educate people on on the of the dangers of uh, prejudice, the dangers of anti-Semitism, and uh, all the, uh, the especially the build-up of the Holocaust. You know, it wasn't yeah. just about the death camps. You know, my story is so personal and but I don't talk about the death, the death camps I don't talk about you know in fact there was, I don't talk at all about 1939 to 45 I talk about a, a normal family who 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 had uh, four, 14 generations in Germany who's great you know my great grandfather won a, a medal of honor in the German uh, army he was very proud german he was a, uh, a contributor to society and and yet, even that kind of person was uh, the next day was the enemy of the state. So, you know, I try and you know raise awareness of, you know, what can happen if one um, allows certain ideologies and uh, ways of thinking to to germinate. It 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 really, you know, we see it happening even today with uh, genocides around the world. So. Um, in my small way, I'm trying to get that story out, and um, I guess I've got a big ambition. I'd love to, you know, have more resources to be able to, you know, dedicate more time to it, and uh, and to work with others and collaborate with other organisations. So we uh, we collaborated in Australia with B'nai B'rit, which oh, is yeah. a big um, refugee group of it's a 150 year old organization yeah um, and uh, they, they're all over the world so we collaborated with Australia in Australia and, and you know to, just yesterday the book received an award in, uh, the Jewish book award in in Britain okay, so, congratulations. yeah there's there's uh, I think that hopefully this is an example of one person or one family doing their little bit to contribute to you know prevention of uh, of of another kind of disaster like this happening again from from those who have read the book or seen the exhibit and seen the letters what has the feedback been like been been like from those people the feedback well it, it's you know some have, have really been deeply affected by it um, you know it it really did touch them in a way that um, that perhaps a, a more sort of broader book about the Holocaust might have. You know, I think that there's a certain power in zeroing in on one person's experience or one family. So, you know, the people people who read it, it uh, they, 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 they can connect. They can say, hey, you know, my family, uh, it could have been my family or it could have been me, you know, and... So they relate to it in a very personal way, and I think that um, you know that 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 gives uh, gives them perhaps uh, motivation to to also you know raise up and, and say hey you know what we've got to you know educate the next generation. I mean, 
you know, the, the awareness of the Holocaust, despite a lot of people's great efforts, awareness of Holocaust in the general population is very low. Uh, you know, people might be surprised to know that, but you know, they do surveys on university campuses, and 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 I think more than fifty percent of uh, university campus students don't even know who Hitler was. Yeah, know? it's very wow. bizarre how much knowledge is lacking now in that regard. I guess for us, we're just a generation or two removed from it, right? But as time goes on, mm-hmm. it's talked about less and less. You mentioned mm-hmm. um, you're hoping to expand the exhibit, get it to more places and stuff. So somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. How do we get you to Canada? Oh, that would be amazing. Um, I've been to Canada before and I love it. Uh, uh, you just uh, you can co- contact me on Facebook uh, through you know my personal page or through the Holocaust Social Media Project page. Just send send me a, a message. A message. Uh, that's probably the easiest way. Um, uh, you know, I think everyone's got Facebook. If you want my email, it's uh, schwab.daniel at gmail dot com. Perfect. Um, so that's also another way, but. Uh, Certainly through Facebook, that would be the easiest. And yeah, certainly we, it's, you know, we've invested already in the design and, and the makeup of it. And it's a relatively low cost to just uh, either reprint, reprint the material and get it to the location. Uh, so it's a relatively low cost way of, you know, getting a story uh, presented in a very personal way. You know, people come in and they interact and maybe spend an hour or two um, you know, walking around the exhibition and listening to the documentary and and having the speaker. So, so um, yeah, it could be a good way of uh, integrating that into the education system. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Well, we'd love to have Daniel here. What a powerful and important conversation. Something we need to share with everybody. And if you want to learn more about the project that he's working on, and you want to learn more about the Schwab family, you can do that by listening to our podcast, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.